Rats rats eat eggs. Hello, everybody. This podcast is Lava. My name is James Font. With me, as always, Sam Shoemaker and Kenny Williams, our very special guest. Thank you for joining us, Kenny. Not a problem. Are you so excited or nervous, or what are you? What are your feelings right now? I'm not nervous. I'm just I'm excited. You're never nervous. I don't think I've ever seen you nervous in in my life. No, I'm good. And there's there's good reason for him not to be nervous. Because he Sam, could beat us all up. Well, that too. <laughs> Sam, did did you did you know he was in an MMA? MMA. I currently like he's still. Oh, what was no. it? What did you Wait. say? I'm registered still for two more years. He's registered so for two more years. If I get a call, I could take a fight right now. But I did not, not necessarily know that. with his foot. So we'll start with MMA. I'm turn my entire body so I can address both of you and sit extremely awkwardly. All right, interviewer. So this is hi this Kenny. Is, how do you, first of all how do you, how do you know Sam and I? Um, you guys are both my clients. I cut your hair about once a month. And um, met you through Caleb Font. And actually, <clears throat> I saw you at church for like years. Oh yeah, I've known you. I've known you around. You've known of me. <clears throat> Sam t- came to church the last couple of years. Is your mom Ruth? Yeah, my mom's Ruth. Yeah, my mom loves your mom. Yep, I I know your I mom. Adore your mom. mom. Yep, most yep. people do. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I love your mom too, James. Exactly. I don't know about your mom. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's how. We, We've gotten to know you, and I will say, uh, there's a whole video I'm going to link it in the description about him being a barber. And if you are in this area, uh, contact me, and I'll vet you, and then we'll see if you if you're worthy enough for him to cut your hair. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, that's how it works. I got to have a screening process, right? Be doing exactly. This Otherwise, every day, all day, you'll just be getting random people contacting you. Yeah. But uh, Kenny's a fantastic barber, and he's self-taught, and we're not going to go through a whole bunch of barbering stuff mostly because there's a whole video about that. So it's already been done. Yep. So let's talk about MMA. How did you get into MMA and how old were you when you got into MMA? Um, MMA started in my mid twenties, but it all led into my childhood, which was very rough. I mean, when I was, when I was young, believe it or not, I was like a smallest kid in my class and I got bullied, like more really? bullied worse than you can imagine. I mean, beat up in elementary school, had a bully from kindergarten to third grade and that bullied me and my buddies. And we got put into public school and then I got beat up because I was a Christian. And that's what made me, Wow! it literally made me not want to be a Christian because they ripped my neck. I had a Carmen necklace. I remember they ripped off me. They ripped my shirt. I had DC talk shirt. They ripped it off. They went real mean names and got kicked in the ribs. I mean, the real bad stuff. I mean, I was pretty small. And uh, when I got to a certain age, like I think seventh and eighth grade, my dad bought me my two 25 pound dumbbells and um, my cousin Jordan Williams uh, taught me some self-defense moves, and I started lifting every day like it was my job. I just oh, wow. I had a mirror every day. I was like, I, I lived my <laughs> mirror. How, how old were you? About 12. About 12. 12 That's thir- awesome. 12 to 13, man. All I had was these two dumbbells, and I just did everything I could think of with them. And, and like you were, you were strengthening your nose muscles with them. In my mind, I knew. I was like, I'm going to be able to take my the people that have been picking on me. And sure enough, <clears throat> getting bullied for so many years, my dad gave me a little card, and I kept my wallet. And it even said, if my son gets into the office for defending himself, don't punish him. I will come pick him up. Because they knew about it at school, how bad it was. and That's ridiculous. So, I don't know. What they could, like the teachers wouldn't. They I did. Mean, they tried to intervene, man. My mom and dad went to the school, and I got beat up worse, you know. Yeah, because then, then, you, then yeah. you were like then the tattletale like the or whatever. And the rat, you know. Yeah. And uh, finally, I remember I was in eighth grade in science class when my one bully was just picking on me, kicking my chair, and I turned around, right hooked him, knocked him straight out over a table. <laughs> and before my science teacher could yell at me, I'm like, I know, I know. I started walking to the office, got to the office, and the principal closed the door, and they actually gave me a hug. I said, <laughs> said we'll call your dad. He'll come get you. We'll my dad, dad came and got me, took me to Dairy Queen. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, for real. And then it was when, like, that's the way people who are getting bullied should be treated. Yeah, and I was still little because I was. Yeah. I mean, I was. I didn't hit my. I hit a six inch growth spurt in my between eighth and ninth grade. Yep. And it was awesome. I couldn't even believe. It. My dad told me he X-rayed my arm when I was little. He's like, "Kenny, you're gonna grow because they can X-ray your arm from right here, and they can be able to see how much growth you got." Yeah. And I was real skinny even in my senior year. I only weighed 150 pounds. I was a senior. Oh, wow. I was a wrestler in high school. I was six foot one, six two, 150. I was a string bean, but I was ripped. Man, I had a six pack and I was fast. And then when I got to Fort County, I met Gene Campbell, and he started wanting me to box. So I started boxing. I boxed for two years. We actually started a thing called Fight Club before it was a movie. And <laughs> no, hand to guy. Were you guys low key like, okay, we got to talk to this Brad Pitt guy because yeah, he totally no, he, stole he did our this thing. wrong. Well, ours wasn't like in that, you know, bare fist. But my mom and dad were involved. We we started by taking tube socks, wrapping around our knuckles, and then we put another one over there and we'd rubber band them. And we had a legit thing every weekend. We'd have guys from Delta and Napoleon that heard about it, and we'd, be, we, we'd fight in the backyard. My mom and dad were recording it. And do we have any of these tapes? My, I don't know. I think my dad deleted them all because there was a couple pretty bad. I knocked them a couple guys out pretty good, and stitches were involved. Ooh. That's when my dad's like, "I'm done." And then they bought us real boxing gear and headgear and everything like that. And then I started getting into the circuit, and and just you know, 16 to 18, I died boxed. I think I was 20 and one. I got wow. my clock cleaned one time real good up in Michigan. Besides that, I don't think I ever lost. And you, and you went, "I'm not getting my clock cleaned again." <laughs> no. You just kept I didn't even get knocked out. I mean, it was a decision, but oh. everybody else was knockout, knockout, knockout. And, wow. Um, There's a couple guys that got, you know, it was a draw. And then I just, I got out of it for a little while and got into arm wrestling. I did competitive arm wrestling. <laughs> oh my goodness. I actually got you? a big tattoo right here of an arm wrestler. I mean, I did, I was semi-pro for like two years. I mean, I did tournaments up in Michigan, Indiana. That's crazy. And then from there, I kind of got out of it and started real doing quick, it. Real quick, real quick. Why, if, if you're watching the video podcast, there's a... He has a tattoo on his knee that's, uh, it's brick wall. Now, that's, now, from, that's from MMA. I knocked out so many people with my left knee, you know, bringing it down. And that's when the dude's like, dude, your knees are bricks, man. And got drunk one night and I said, <laughs> let's tattoo that. <laughs> that's literally, literally where that but, came from. And that's, that's what I, I heard that story and I was like, I need to hear it from, from yep, Kenny. Yeah. Anyways, so you got out for a while and then you got back in. And I got out and uh, <clears throat> got with life, you know, I got married young to my ex-wife, which is a, uh, you know, it's, you don't ever want to talk about that. It's not, it wasn't a great time in my life, but yep. I got my kids out of it. It's the yep. only good thing that came out of it. Um, <clears throat> God, every, God has a reason for everything, you know? And, uh, I got into law enforcement. I was actually, my plan was to go to the Marine Corps, but you know, she got pregnant real young and my dad, uh, he said, I didn't raise no runner. So uh, he yep. gave me, he gave me money. He said, go, you're going to marry her. I said, yes, sir. Cause you know, I really respect my dad and I, yep. I do whatever he tells me to do pretty much. Didn't really want to, but, you know, we lasted as long as it could. You know, you can't make something last that's not there. No, nope. and it's... And then it's <clears throat> you just you can't force it, you know, nope. just because you got a kid. And I tried, and just but wasn't there, you know. And so I gave up boxing, fighting, everything. And then just in the last few years, I had opportunities. People were like, man, you need to get back in there. You need to get... I started doing mixed martial arts, and I got an opportunity to take a big cage fight, and I did that oh three years gosh. ago. Oh, my Last fight, there was probably can we, can a couple we, thousand there people there, any probably. Any footage of this anywhere? So one of them's there on YouTube. What's it called? Uh, just got to look up my opponents, uh, Josh Page, Kenny Williams, and Kenny Williams, Cameron Poole. You'll see them. So, yeah, go look that up. If I can't find them, they'll be in the, or if I can find them, they'll be in, link th- in the description. But dude, I had that fight won, man. I slipped and messed up, and I went right to my back, and he choked me out. The dude's strong as an ox. Oh, my god! He was like 10 years younger than me, really, really strong. So I knew once he got me to rear naked choke, I was gonna, he's going to pop my head off. So I did tap out on that one. But after that fight was over, I wanted to fight him again, but he said no. And like I said, <laughs> why do you say no? I don't know. 
but he didn't want to do it again. And we're actually, him and I are friends now. We actually be, That's we, awesome. we talk every once in a while and, you know, he's even told me a couple of years ago, he wanted to slow down his drinking and he told me what some of his problems and stuff. And, yeah. you know, yeah. after I found God, it's just neat how the people want to talk to him about, talk to God about me with me. Yeah. And it's because you, again, we're in a little bit more rough a crowd, rougher yeah. crowd, obviously. In, oh yeah. With, with that there, I can't imagine MMA is a very, uh, it's pretty toxic. I it's was going to say a lot of alcohol and drugs and at the fights and stuff and after parties and all that stuff, you know, but my wife, you know, she, I'd get my, we'd get our own queen, you know, suite. And when the fight was over, we had our own room and stuff. But, yeah. You, know, you can govern what goes on in that, but yeah, but it's there's just after the fights are over, there's just drunken fights everywhere. I mean, there's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then just getting out of that whole scene, just, it's really good for us. So. That's awesome. Plus, I had my whole nose reconstructive surgery done last year. <laughs> Goodness. I've had my nose broke so many times, I finally got it done last February. This is all fake. They re- Really? That's all pins and stuff. They, re- they rebuild it. Oh, wow. So, so were you, like, not able to breathe through it properly? Yeah. My deviated septum was plugged, like, 80%. Oh, jeez. I had so much cartilage in there, they had to dig out and cut out. And oh, my gosh. It was just... I wish I had a story like that for my deviated septum. It's just normal. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I wish man. I could say I gotten my nose broken or something. No, I've had it broke for, like, quite a few times quite a few times. So what was one of what's one of the fights that sticks in your mind in your mind the most? Um it was probably when I was uh was kickboxing up in Michigan. I'd already fought in a tournament. I and I got second place cuz it was one of the uh, decisions and it, the, the the tournament was over and there's hundreds of people just drinking and you know having a good time and there's always that person, you know, drunk calling people out and they're setting up side bets on another fight and the cage the ring everything's empty, you know, and Next thing you know, this guy's like, hey, man, I got 500 bucks. Says, Williams can take this dude. And this dude from the point was really wasted and calling me every name in the book and just, just antagonizing me. <clears throat> I'm like, all right, let's do it. He's bigger than me. but <laughs> He's bigger than me. I didn't care. Sam, real quick, have you ever looked at someone and gone, oh, that guy's bigger than me. I can take him. I've never been in a fight. Exactly. Neither have I. So a really bad metric this for one, that. This one was actually recorded, but I can't find the footage. It was a long time ago. Oh, shoot. Anyways, it was he's great. bigger than you. It was great. He come at me. He charged straight to me as soon as they think that he came charging my side. And that's not what you do. Yeah, it's well, you can. I, I mean, I I do it sometimes. You, okay. You, but you gotta know what you're gonna do. You gotta know your next two steps. But he was and so he, wasted, he didn't know with, what he was gonna do. He was not. He knew how to fight. He's a he's a he's a good fighter. But oh, okay. he just wanted me so bad. And he came at me. And he threw every. I could see it coming the way he was planting his his lead foot. He gave it everything he had in his right. And I just ducked it, and I just I ducked it to the left, and I just came through with a right a right straight, and I knocked him out and knocked oh his the bottom gosh. teeth out. He was out. For, oh my! They had to bring in the ambulance and everything. <laughs> that was probably my my favorite fight. So of it was all a time. one punch. Oh yeah. How many one punches have you one punch knockouts have you gotten? I don't know, twenty. <laughs> Jeez. That's including bar fights though. <laughs> I don't know. Now, is it true it hurts up into your shoulder? No, it's not. I guess since it's if all you're, knuckles, that's why those are all broken. You oh, can geez. see how messed up they are. Yeah, look. they do. Yeah, they're a little messed up. I guess when, because I heard somebody, it was a, a guy who doesn't fight, was in a bar fight and he punched somebody and he said he he won he one punch knocked him out, and he said he felt up in his shoulder. Hmm. I've never never had. Would that, that be bad that? form though? Like I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, probably. See, you can break your thumb if you put your thumb on the inside. Yeah. You'll break your thumb. Yeah. I mean, when I was in my rough days and alcohol and not with God and stuff, I mean, I fought all the time, every weekend probably, and I never went any. I didn't even smoke all the time, but I carried a lighter with me because they always you got to pack your fist. You take a lighter and put it right here, roll it up tight, and then you don't you don't break your knuckles. Interesting. 
So I remember that for when I never fight. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I always did. And that's funny because I find my old jackets and coats I wore when I was an alcoholic. Every pocket I got a lighter in it. <laughs> I'm like, one time we were getting this really big fight and at the college campus, and my brother-in-law threw me a chapstick. I'm like, dude, I need something to pack my fist. We're gonna know something's gonna go down right now. I didn't have a lighter. And he gave me a chapstick, and it worked. That's is wait. So you say college campus? Is this Toledo? Oh, okay, I was gonna say, is it down? You know, Northwest State? No, no, got, <laughs> no. It was at a big frat party and. It gotcha. You you being there's totally frat parties every weekend at Northwest State. Let me tell you, it's yeah. just wild. Yeah, definitely wasn't Northwest State. <laughs> it's actually uh, a bunch of farmer you boys. Can, you can pack your fists with uh, corn, like just corn, corn cobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That you ain't gonna get. You might as well just hit him with the corn cob. <laughs> no, that was at a party. I got to go up there and take care of a situation. And oh boy, it didn't it didn't turn out too good. Toledo. I did, I did what I needed to do, but then guys, everybody came in. Somebody had a gun. People were throwing beer bottles at us. My nope. <laughs> bulls, I was with both my brother-in-laws, and we had, we ran, and we got out of that front door, and they were just throwing beer bottles at us all over. And somebody's like, dude, somebody's got a gun. And I'm like, oh, I don't fight bullets. No. <laughs> I'm not Johnny Cage or whatever his name is, or Cage. You can't. Or Superman. You can't yeah, punch or, a bullet. Yeah, it doesn't work very well. I mean, you. No, you can't. No, so we got out of that situation. Hmm. All right. So that was. So Stop that. The one, the, one, <laughs> the one punch was one of your most memorable fights. Yeah. I've even I've even gained some of my best friend stitches when we used to do the underground fight club at my oh, mom and dad's. Like yep. one of my best friends, well, well not and we we've fallen out of you know, we've I've been out of high school yeah. almost twenty years, but back then, you know, you never saw me if I wasn't with Brandon Ellie, Nathan Carlin and Josh Fowler and um, we all box and stuff and then we do we make brackets and then sometimes we'd have to fight each other. You know, normally we wouldn't fight guys from other schools, but yep. we did a bracket that weekend and Brandon had to fight me and he came gave everything he had. I sidestepped him, right hooked him, knocked him out, split his whole lip down to his cheek oh and everything laid goodness. out. That's actually the reason my dad stopped recording our fights and said, I'm done. Oh, wow. I want nothing to do with this anymore. Ooh. Split his cheek. Yeah, because I hit him on the right, left side. Because that is how you not knock out people is it? it's dislocating the jaw, isn't it? Mainly, yeah. Or you go to the brachial plexus right here. I, I've knocked people out just by punching them in the side of the throat. When I was <laughs> in law enforcement, I learned a lot of self-defense and then an MMA, all grappling and everything. You learn... Oh, you learn all kinds of stuff, but in law enforcement, you know, the brachial plexus tie-in, you can literally take the back of your hand and hit someone really hard right there, and they'll stun them, knock them out for like 30 seconds. Oh, wow. That's like, that just, because I'm not a fighter and I'm more of a nerd, I'm like, oh, that's the Spock thing. <laughs> the, the Spock the Spock, Spock from Star Trek has like a hold, it's that, he just takes his hand and just like, oh yeah, pinches, shut up, James. It could, <laughs> hey, it could be, that could be the spot where they grab, I don't know. Oh. I've never even watched Star Trek, and I know that somehow. Yeah, yeah you're a nerd. Oh, I watch. Big, I know what you're I talking watch, about too. I watch Big Bang Theory, and they talk about Spock a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all. I know that whatever, live long and prosper. But it. I want to ask more questions about MMA, but I don't know much. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. So what? What all do you know? Like martial arts wise. I mean, my grappling. background was grappling. I mean, I wrestled in high school. I mean, I was really good at like defense. I mean. Um, <laughs> I wasn't like the best at takedowns, but I could counter about anything anybody threw at me. In my senior year, I think I only got pinned like a few times. Yeah, I was actually seated to go to districts and broke my collarbone at practice. Going in between Ouch. between districts and state, I actually went to districts. Um, I think I got I was an alternate. I got I was fifth place. I got to go, but then we were at practice in between, and I I broke my collarbone. A Napoleon Jeez. coach jumped in on Ron Robbins on us, and he snapped. He, he pinned my arm down and threw me and broke my collarbone in two oh places. My, gosh. Oh. I'd be so my senior year too. I mean, I was so I was just so irritated. Now let me ask about the discipline the discipline aspect. Would you 
starve and dehydrate yourself. Oh, yeah, I did it all the time. Because I, I worked with a guy, uh, Walt. I had to spit my spit in a Gatorade bottle all day at school. Couldn't eat, couldn't drink until I weighed in. Then I could, then I would yep. eat, then get sick. And that's that's what uh my that's what my that's what the guy who taught me plumbing did. He he was a wrestler and he would he would just, just to get well, into a lower well, bracket. Back in the nineties, late nineties, and you could still wear you know the sweatsuits and they'll take the water pills and do. They don't let you do any of that now. I heard uh, our coach would tell us go home and sleep in a trash bag and you know layer up. If you had to cut more than five pounds. He said he he'll tell you your butt better be here tomorrow and wait. Wow. Yeah. And That's I was I was crazy. captain of my team, so I would try to fluctuate. I'd jump I would jump up weight classes if I could fit my other guys into where I was, or I'd cut weight to get them where you know yeah. I felt more disciplined than someone else. I I'd cut weight and let them take my spot. And you can go up a weight class and down a weight class. And I was at one fifty two, so I could go one forty five or one sixty one. Oh wow! So when I went to one sixty one, I was way way underweight, so I could eat whatever I wanted. That was nice. <laughs> hmm. But. You're also talking about the guys are in peak physical physical shape between 145 and like 191. Those guys were just usually really good right at their weight classes and heavyweight. There's a lot of fluctuation in heavyweight, like 220 to like 300 or something. Oh my goodness! So you have some big guys, you know. But yeah, I mean, it just started with that, and then the boxing that started boxing at home and just the little training I had, and um, just went with it, you know. No, no, with boxing, boxing is a whole other thing than MMA. Absolutely. Yep. Because what is is boxing mostly protecting your? It's what is boxing? I guess boxing is in, in essence. It's it's a, it's a so you're stand you're a stand up fighter if you're if you're you're somebody's saying that you know your type of type of fighting he's a boxer he's a stand up fighter he's a grappler he's a ground fighter. Um, I could go to the ground and do submissions too, but I was a stand up fighter. You know, I was known okay. I was known as a boxer or a bar fighter. You know, that's mainly what I I would do, and uh. I hate it. I mean, there's times I let them get up because I don't like going to the ground. So yeah, I have a really good right hook, and that's my, that's my bread and butter. You know, yeah. My jabs are just to feel out where they're at. And then boxing is, is if you're throwing this one, this one's blocking. Never have both your hands down. That you're throwing your left, your right's all the way up. You're up already, and you're watching. Either gonna grab. If you're MMA, you can you have your hands up, so you can grab what they come at you, and then you know do something with it. But you always got you always got your guard up. Your yeah. Right right hands out, left one's blocking. Because I guess yeah, your face is one of, is the most important spot. But I guess kidney shots nah, your are your ribs all, and your yeah, stomach, your anything above that belt, they're gonna go for. And obviously below the belt. In MMA, is you can MMA, you can do anything. You can kick really? a knee. You can you can bust a knee, hypersend a kneecap out. You can kick him in the face. <laughs> yeah, they can come right out and kick your knee in the face if you want. So. Oh my. Goodness. MMA, you gotta look mm. for everything. That's so, what I'm saying. When that when that fight, you guys are gonna you saw that. Yeah, YouTube. we're gonna we're definitely gonna watch it. Um, in the link. In the description. <laughs> These guy, um, that dude was he's just he was a beast, man. He was just super strong. I think he's a professional um trainer, like a physical fitness trainer. His name's Cameron Poole. He's a very strong dude. And I knew right away I slipped and I was I wanted it all. I wanted the knockout, you know, I wanted to take his head off his shoulders and I reached back for this huge right and I had him on the ground and I my left foot slipped out and I literally my back smacked him in the chest and he just got me in a rear naked choke and I could hear him grunting like he's gonna pop my head off, man. I was like, I'm done. I tapped nope, out. No, I don't. He died, Dave. <laughs> no, my wife and kids were watching, and one of my sons was crying. And there was probably <laughs> Someone's there was up like daddy. <laughs> there was that place was sold out, and there wasn't even standing room in that in that wow. arena. I mean, there was thousands of people, and I'm like, I'm not gonna get knocked, you know, tapped out here. Or I'm not gonna I'm get, gonna I'm not gonna get choked out here, you know. I just I tapped and said, dude, you got me. But that's, I'm, that's what I said. I'm that's I'm, crazy. Not, I'm I'm a stand up fighter, yep. and that went to mm-hmm. the ground, and then I lost. 
Yep, and that's that's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. So would you recommend other people do MMA? You gotta really want to. You gotta like. I mean, it's like you got a borderline. You really got to want to. You got to really, you got a borderline <laughs> yeah. like violence, you know, and not not the violence where I want to go, you know, to a, you know shooting people. But I mean, it was like an adrenaline rush. I was adrenaline drug junkie. Rode crotch rockets when I was younger. My brother and I have been skydiving. I mean, it's adrenaline, dude. Getting in a cage. Not too many people can say they've been in a cage and they close nope. that door behind you and it's just you and one other guy. And then everybody's paying money to watch you fight. It's adrenaline rush. It really is. Yep. It's amazing. And you're just you're so focused on what you're doing. You don't even realize people are watching. That's crazy. That does take a special breed because I, I could learn like a self defense and like the more, in my mind, like oh, it'd be practical for everyday life. But I don't think I think I'd have an adrenaline rush, but it'd be to get out the door if I was yeah. in that situation. Oh man, where, where your it's, where it's your something. brain goes, fight. His brain goes, flight. Yes. Yes. Well, let me phrase that. Where your brain goes, fight. Sam and I's <laughs> mind goes, all right. We need to leave now. You are not the strongest person in the room. Yeah. yeah. I found out I really, really was not strong. Um, we actually do have a video of this somewhere. Uh, my wife's cousin's fiance is an army sergeant. Okay. And he's about five, seven. Short guy, though. He's not super tall. I'm sorry if I misquoted your height, Alex. I don't know height. He's not super tall. He's about, I don't know. What is he I, to you? Like shoulder width? Yeah, shoulder? he's about shoulder. About five, seven, probably. He's, he's a little tall. Anyways. We were hanging out. It was three in the morning. Maybe a few drinks were had. And we were wrestling in my... <laughs> not not obsessive drinks. Just a few. Like, mm-hmm. not... Just enough, enough to where we're going to do this. Yeah, enough where so, it gets fun, apparently. So we yeah. were... We were... Well, actually, the drinks were a couple hours behind. I was basically sober. Anywho, so I was wrestling an army sergeant. And he... Silas and I were taking turns wrestling him. And it was really funny. <laughs> because he would just lay there on the ground, face on the ground, and flop his arms and go, come get you some. Come get you some. And so we would try to pin him. And at one point, he had Silas pinned between his thighs. Silas could not move. And he was dragging Silas behind him, grabbing me and pulling me to the ground. Jeez. And that was the time I went, wow, I'm not strong in any way, shape, or form. I would try to get out of anything. and But the problem is he's in the army, so he's taught to kill people. So uh-huh. he was like, this is how I could kill you right now. This is how I could break your arm. This is how I could snap all it. While he's doing all the, and I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. I feel very, very weak right now. I, <laughs> emasculated. I had a yeah. pastor when I was a kid in youth group. He was, he was older, and I think he served, he served somewhere bad. I don't know yeah. if it was Nam or Nam. Maria or something like that, but um, he fought in the jungle. And... He would tell stories to to us kids that were you know family friendly, but what he would do from time to time is, and he's he was old like he was seven sixty seventy I could be wrong hopefully he's not listening to this, um, but he would take a ruler and he'd say okay this is my knife and he'd give the kids like a marker or something like this is your gun, and you I'm gonna put this ruler in my pants or like. Oh. And it's going to be like, like it's holstered yeah. and you're going to, you're going to have this and in your, in your pocket, you're going to draw it and you're going to say bang. And when you say bang, I'm dead, but I'm going to kill you before you can draw Right, super fast. And he would be at your neck with it, like digging into your collarbone. 
not not hard because you know it's right. not going to hurt you. Just but to imply the point. Yeah, and I was, and it would be like that. You'd be reaching for it, and he'd be like, "Ding!" And you a gun, a, a knife is faster than a gun in close quarters. Within I think thirty feet. That's terrifying. It's I maybe think if it's, it's a throwing knife in the right hands, probably. Well, I'm in a concealed carry class. They're talking about from it's about maybe it's not thirty feet. It's, I think it's I think it's like maybe. 10 15. Feet. 15, 10 feet. 10 or 15. But they're like, if someone has a knife and they're 15 feet away, can you draw your gun and shoot them before they get to you? Especially if they're moving towards you already. And, and we, we, simu- like a- we simulated this, and it was very jarring because he would, it was, it was an um, older guy. He was probably 50s, and he would be the knife man. No, we've and had that training in law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Not only do you got to draw your gun, but you want to get out of their fatal funnel. So yeah. you're, when you're starting to shoot them, you're doing. You're doing. I don't know holster. why I'm telling you this. I'm telling him this. Then <laughs> oh, I'm listening. Yeah, you're doing holster shooting, and then you're moving out of the direction because you're going to be stunning them. So if they're coming at you with a knife. You're going to lay a couple in center mass, and they're going to run right by you. Don't ever stand in the same spot and shoot. You got to move while you're shooting because they're going to. And you always turn your gun sideways, right? <laughs> you draw. And then you <laughs> no, go. you draw and do when you're short when you're yep. you know a holster. So I guess we can go. That's a great segue to law, law enforcement. enforcement. Oh, yeah. So how was, I don't know, what made you want to be in law enforcement? I get, you said you uh, wanted to go in Marines, and so you wanted well, when to... when I was a teenager, I mean, I just... I, I, literally, my hands. I, I literally had a poster on my wall. You remember, you were in school, they give you the, you know, the wrap your books with. There was a Marine, and there was a state patrolman. And my great, my grandfather was a United States Marshal, and he was actually a local guy here. My mom's real dad. His name was Ralph Rupert, and uh, he was a Marshal, and it was it was awesome. I seen it, you know, his shoulder patch and his badge and stuff my grandma had, and... I always wanted to be a cop. I knew I, from I was a young age and I wanted to be a police officer. And the coolest ones were I always seen the troopers, man. They looked awesome with the hats and they always looked like they're ready to go. And, yep. and then I seen military pictures. My dad was in the army and I wanted to be a Marine, you know, cause I always want to one up your dad, you know? Yep. <laughs> and then back to that story, I was actually the weekend I was going to go to maps for my swearing in and stuff and found out my oldest son was on the way and I, my dad made me do what I had to do and, so I did that and I stayed back and went, applied to college and went to the police academy and got out of the police academy and started working for Shaker Police, actually. I did worked here for six months or so. And I got an opportunity to get uh, go to the sheriff's department. I was riding with the sheriff's department for a while. Actually, I rode with the deputy that just passed mm. um, until I got an offer for a full-time position at the police department. That was like in 2004, five or five maybe. And I worked there for about a year, year and a half. And then a sergeant position opened up, and I got a sergeant position there. I was a stand-in sergeant for a while. That's awesome. And then from there, I was, I was already applying to other – I mean, I was actually looking into going into Arizona because they were looking for wow. Border Patrol. And, you know, actually, I remember doing an all-over-the-phone interview with Bullhead City, Arizona, for a police department. And, you know, like, like I said, God has a – he has your – he knows what your, what your final resting place is going to be or where he wants you to be, and that wasn't it. I mean, they even offered me a job, but it just wasn't enough to uproot and go out to Arizona. And at the same time, I was applying to do two different SWAT teams, or uh, I wanted to work for the man unit. That's what I always wanted to do. But uh, I got real quick. I know there's obvious there's a huge difference. What is what requ- what what am I trying to say here? Why is this SWAT called in? SWAT's called in when it's over to something that normal police officers can't handle, or is there's too much too uh, too much risk okay. involved, or they don't have the right equipment, or Something like that, but SWAT will handle it's special weapons and tactics. Okay, that's what SWAT stands for. But the, the unit I actually got on was over in. Uh, so you, you got into SWAT? I got it wasn't SWAT, but I got into a felony warrant entry team, which is just the like what? felony warrant entry team. 
Okay. Or those are the Ooh. guys they call in. It's a four-man team, and you just you're, you're sitting on meth labs at night. You turn in everything you got to the prosecutor, and they make a case, and then you can go break doors down and arrest people. The reason I'm laughing is because when you said a four-man unit, I did a nerd thing and was thought of uh, Republic Commando. Yeah, yeah. It's a Star Wars thing. <laughs> Anyways, oh, no, 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 no. It was pretty neat. And that was I did. That's, that's awesome. what I did for the last uh, I'm about a year of law enforcement. And they just uh, 2008. Harney Finkbinder got voted out by Mike Bell, and there's you know the 2008 everything crashed. They cut like 300 police units, lost a lot of funding, and that we lost everything. Wow. And then from there, I didn't really want to go back to doing little tiny you know police stuff. And I was that at that time, my marriage fell apart, and I got a divorce, and that's when I really started. How long really, were you married? Uh, the first time was uh, I don't know, three four years maybe. Okay. And then, like I said, I got a divorce. It's not good for you and I, Sam. Anyways. <laughs> well, I got a divorce. I've been with my current wife for 10 years. I mean, that's awesome, dude. You know, like I said, I mean, this one is just, my, my Haley is just, that's, I got to choose so this one. Th- let me, let me preface this. <laughs> you know, that's I went, a fair point. I went and got a haircut. And Kenny, Kenny recently, uh, when did you hurt your foot? January? May, end of May. End of, why did I think it was January? Anyways, hurt his foot uh, playing basketball. Yeah. Messed it up real bad. This is the caliber of his wife. I went and got a haircut. I leave, she's mowing the lawn. Yeah. She's a, that, she's a trooper, man. That's awesome. She's been mowing all That first month and a half. I haven't had to mow the lawn in three years. It's great. That first month and a half, I couldn't really do anything. She did everything. I mean, she's awesome. And that's, that's awesome, man. But, yeah, back to that. Uh, I, just, I, didn't, I just didn't want to be a police officer anymore. I said, this is stupid. Too much politics involved. I said, I just want to just... I was I started drinking a lot. Started going into the bars. I was recently single, so I was hanging out with the wrong group of guys. Started getting the guys who hate their wives or hate women in general. No, they don't hate women. They just they just don't have good morals, you know. Yeah. And they yeah. just want to go out drinking every weekend, looking for trouble. And then I started riding motorcycles with a bunch of really bad people. I mean, they're great guys, but we just did bad things, you know. And like just Sam and I really do know. <laughs> I mean, that's just what happens, you know. And you just start running with the wrong group of guys and. It was a dark two years of my life, and then my my wife's brother Tyler was like my best friend, and like we did everything together. We got tattoos together. We hung out every weekend. When I wasn't home, he could use my apartment, and he would go there and you know sleep there when I'm working nights or something. And and uh, that's how I met Haley actually. You know, she she was in college and she was in a bad situation, in which I mentioned a little bit. Yeah. We had to go up there and take care of some problems, and so she got out of that situation and came back home, and she started looking me up, and um. Uh, her nice Kenny Williams guy's kind of cute. Yeah, that's what she said. She's like, I didn't want. I, she's, I never thought we were getting married or anything. You know, she's like, I just wanted to kiss you. She's like, yeah. she's like, <laughs> she's like, you were hot. That's it. And then I'm like, I'm thinking, how do, I got this gorgeous younger girl. She's like into me. I'm like, I gotta, you know, I don't want to lose. I gotta them. capitalize on this situation. For real. I didn't want to lose it, man. And she's like, you know, she she strung me in. She got me like hooks and sinker. She's like, <laughs> like all women. This, do. this wild boy, and she uh, she let me do with my own stuff, like you know, until I fell in love. And then she's just like. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And, every, and then for real, what the She waited till the hook was in your cheek. For real. I told her I loved her first, and I, I was like, oh, she, oh she, no. she, didn't, she didn't say it back for like three months. Oh, she's good. For, for she real. is so good. She, she she fought it for a long time, and then. Three, wait, three months? Yeah, but I, told, I bet I told her I loved her within three months, and then she didn't say it for like another three months. She's like, oh yeah. I, she's like, goodness. I guess. I, I guess I do love you. I guess I love you. I was oh. like, you got to be kidding me. When, when my dad proposed to my mom. She said, let me think about it. No. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know my mom at all? Yeah. That that should explain a lot. 
It does. It really does. But she said, let she, me think about she it. She was joking, though. No? I don't know. I don't know. You got to know Ruth Font. But anyway, right Anyways. to where that, right where that, right where that was, um, she came around looking for me, and then, well, I, mean, I did a bad thing because she was like texting me, and she's like, hey, is, is this Kenny? She got my number from somebody. I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting at the bar with her brother next to me. I'm thinking instantly. I didn't know. I didn't think anything. Like I thought she wanted her brother. I'm like, I was just getting ready to hand him the phone, and then I was reading it. She's like, "Don't, don't tell Tyler. I'm texting you." I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "Oh, nothing." And then <laughs> nothing. She, she's uh, like, "She said I'm in. I'm home. I want to see you. Ditch my brother." And that's I, always. That's always. And he was. He's, that's like a meme template. He was a ladies' man anyway. He had no. He's like, "See you, dude. I'll just go in with some chick here or something." You know. Like you're a terrible wingman anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. He's he was a ladies' man. He can he's. He was good with the girls, and so I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna take off." He's like, "All right, bro, I'll see you tomorrow." And I went and met her, and we hung out that night. And uh, it was nothing like you know yep. intimate or nothing. We just literally hung out, and we we did kiss, I think. And I was just like, "Geez, man, she's taking back to grade school here." And and I was like, already, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm really into her already." I'm like, "What the heck's going on?" Within like a couple weeks, I was like, "I just wanted to see her all the time." And like I said, I messed up. I told, I told her I loved her way too soon, and but <laughs> you know, it we've been together almost ten years. That's so, awesome, dude. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been it's amazing. She's my best friend. It's like there's days I can't even wait to where she gets home and I'm sleeping her. I just I'm working nights and I'm going to bed and I just I know she's gonna wake me up when she gets home and just crawl into bed and cuddle or something. And it's just it's really cool. You know, we have so much in common. We play cornhole together. We played volleyball together. I mean, when we did drink, we drank together, and then then that was getting into issues, and then she really. She's the reason I found God and got sober. I mean, I owe her everything. I mean, no, was, she, I owe it to God, but she was the Christian first. She was. Okay. I mean, I was a Christian a long time ago, but I pretty much renounced God when I was getting my butt kicked all the time because I was a Christian and I gave him up literally for a long, long time. And I've tried it here and there. Just like I said, I was an alcoholic for 17 years and I wanted to quit drinking. I mean, I've tried, I tried probably 10 times and it just didn't work. It's I an mean, addiction. That's I legitimately wanted to quit. I did not want this anymore. I didn't want to get sick and fight with my wife and yell at my kids and I hated it, you know, and losing all that money I was spending on alcohol and it's just I tried and tried and my wife she just finally had enough. She when she actually left me, she like the reason I quit drinking is because I did I didn't even hit rock bottom. I have a great job at my house. I had you know my barber shop and everything it is now. But I you know, I thought I didn't think I hit rock bottom, but I realized what's important to me. You know, she left and I didn't think she was coming back. When the girl you said you love to first leaves you yeah, she knows she's that's, got me. That's rock bottom. And you go, oh. Well, that's what it was. I don't need anything else. Legitimately, I thought, man, she isn't coming back. And I, mm-hmm. I, right then, I just, first thing that popped in my mind was Pastor Chris Pierce, you know. And He's I'm, actually going to be on the podcast sometime. He he wasn't even a friend of me at the time. We didn't, we knew each other. I've cut his hair. But it was just like I, I put on that a face for him. He had no idea about my personal life. And when I called him that night, I got his number from Jack Oldman or somebody. And he just, he was shocked, and he's like, Kenny, what's going on? I was, like, crying. I'm like, dude, I need you. I'm in a dark place. And he's like, um, he literally said first thing, he's like, I'm actually cooking right now with my girl for the family. And I just, he goes, you know what, I'll be right there. And he's like, his wife said he left so fast, he left his flip-flops by the grill. <laughs> and he was here in, like, 10 minutes. He stayed all night. I bet it was, like, 5 in the afternoon. He didn't leave till like, midnight. And we drank coffee. And before he left, you know, he did everything perfect. And whatever he did... You know, we he hugged me, we prayed, we cried, we watched a bunch of YouTube videos on I Am Second videos on alcoholism and stuff, and then we started reading the Bible, and we dumped, before he left, I dumped out every drop of alcohol in my whole house, and to this day, I've never turned back, so like I That's said, he's, he was like my hero that day, and uh, 
It's all because, you know, she left me. She couldn't handle it no more because it was right in the middle, middle of all my training. And I was I actually was already, ta- I was already signed to take another fight at the time. So I was training all week, working my butt off. And I wouldn't drink during the week. So I guess that's where I get lost in translation of being an alcoholic. Because I could go four or five days without even drinking a drop. And then I, but the weekends would get here and I'd get retarded. I blitzed, like passing out downstairs. You don't remember anything for the weekend. Yeah, and that's what I would do every weekend. That's when she finally left because on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, she is... I didn't even make it upstairs. I was so drunk, you know, laying on the floor down there. But I just think, you know, I work hard, provide for my family. I'm thinking, no, I, I'm not doing nothing wrong. Like, I'm, I'm not going to a bar. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to a bar. I don't beat my wife and kids. I've never hit them. I just drink. You know, I'm drinking at home. I don't leave my house. I don't drive around drunk. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I was always in denial. It's it's you. It's your problem. I'm not an alcoholic. I, I don't have. I don't drink all the time. That's what I said. But you know, I really was an alcoholic because I I couldn't go a weekend without drinking. And I feel like I was dying. You know. And uh, I did it, you know, thank, you know, because of God, you know, the Holy Spirit touched me that night and I just knew it was just something's different. And it's going on three years now, I haven't had a drop. Awesome, man. So that's where, that's where I'm at, where I'm at today. I mean, and I don't think I'm going to fight anymore. I just, I don't, I don't need to prove nothing to no one and um, I've done it. So he has a tattoo on his knee, <laughs> at yeah. least one. Yeah. And that's yeah. Cause that's, I think Silas told me about that. That's he, at least one more than I have. Yeah, I got a few. Not tattoo, but oh. people that I've knocked out with my oh, knee. Oh, in, oh, got it. Yeah, I think in most fights... You have a giant eagle on your back tattoo, right? No, I don't have a single tattoo, but I think when I was when I would get beat up, I would probably just curl into the fetal position. Yeah, that's what I did. That's why I got the broken ribs in fifth grade. In the locker room, no joke, man. I, there was three of them attacking me. What and in I, the world? I curled up into a ball, and they, they like busted my ribs up, and they were, my ribs were bruised. My mom and dad like, went to the people's houses and ate at night, and then I got beat up again the next day. It was That's bad. It was insane. real. I mean, it's stuff you see on movies. I'm not even joking. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. And it's funny because over the years when I was actually, I got almost every bully back worse than they got me. It might've took me five, 10 years, but I got almost every one of them. Wow. And if I didn't get them back, they legitimately like, they knew what I was doing. They knew I had a list and they'd, they'd come, they'd come right to me and they had a, a couple, the one that was really on my list was that one that did it to my ribs. Look, we were, I might, we might've just been out of high school, but I gotten a lot of people back already. And he knew I was coming for him. And he Would you came just to me go and he, find them and beat the beat yeah. the crap out of them. I wait for the right moment in time and I get them. But uh, it's he, like the, he, it's like a movie. Your it life is, like is a movie. movie. <laughs> he, he came to me at the YMCA and he found me and shook my hand. He said he was so sorry for the stuff we did when he was a kid. And he literally said, "Don't beat my ass." You know, I'm like, I'm like, please, All right. please don't kill me. Sir. And that's what he said. And wow, so I took him off the list. And yeah, then, he apologized and he he did it in front of people that needed to hear it. And, that's good. So, but, so if you're bullying anybody, say you're sorry, because sometimes they get bigger than you and scarier than you. Not that that's a good reason to stop. I mean, stopping bullying is bullying just... No, I that's the them. only reason to stop bullying. <laughs> no, I got four boys, and I tell them all the time, if I ever find out you guys are bullying anybody, you're going to get it worse for me at home. Because I, I try to tell them you know, what I went through, and it, just, it still messes with me today. And then I see it. I, I, I step in. Even if I'm in the public and I see somebody manhandling their woman... Or beating, you know, smacking a kid or dragging a kid. You better hope I don't see it, because I'm gonna. You're gonna get. You're gonna be getting on the ground next. And see, I would. There was a a video talking about why why Joe Rogan. Have you ever listened to Joe Rogan? Yep. There was a video about why Joe Rogan is so good at announcing people. People. Why he's a UFC he, announcer yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But why he's so good at talking to people. And one of the things was, since he he's like you. Or you're like him. One of you likes the other. He's and, older than me. I'm 37. I okay, think he's so like 45. You, so you're like him. Yep. And the fact of you can handle situations. 
So like adapting to situations. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. I don't know about the video. I forget. It was a uh, charisma on command, but uh, mm. it was talking about why he can relate to so many people and why he's so good with confrontation is because he can actually do something about the confrontation. Right. And I think he almost or did knock someone out because he was a he was an announce not an announcer. What am I saying here? X Factor. X Factor. Yeah. Or was it not X no, Factor? Fear, fa- fear, fear Factor. factor. Yeah. Fear Factor. He was a fear the Fear Factor guy, and somebody yep. started getting lippy, and he was like, "No, this isn't gonna happen," because he he knows more about he was a, he was a mixed martial yeah. artist himself. He knows. Yeah. He knows all sorts of stuff, and he's in stupid good shape. Yeah. He's kind of a, he's a he's a intro- he's like just a head on top of shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like he's a comedian. He well, runs Dana a- White though too, man. What's that? Dana White's the same way. The yeah. UFC president. Oh, good lord. He's a beast. But he's like a, he's a stand-up comedian. He has. He can tear you apart with words. He, he can, can tear you apart in real he's life. He's got a huge podcast. I knew he was a comedian. I thought that. Yeah. I was gonna say that, but like it doesn't sound right. You should I, yeah. definitely go watch his I new Netflix special. Special special. He, he's the got the comedian thing. He's got the podcast where he interviews like. Crazy he famous inter- people. He interviewed Bernie Sanders. Elon Musk. Uh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Those were the more interesting ones to me. But then he does the MMA and it's like. And the other cool thing about his podcast is he like crazy. he interviewed Bernie Sanders, which is super far left. And then he interviewed Stephen Crowder, which is super far right. He does. So try, he, he does go down the middle. He's definitely right in the middle. Anyways, sorry. And sometimes he talks about conspiracies and that's my favorite time because <laughs> he gets Eddie Bravo on who's also an MMA fighter. And Eddie Bravo is like flat earth gone. He's, gone. He's, he went down the YouTube uh, rabbit hole and then found and another believed rabbit, all of it and then, and then found another <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> he's like, he went to the black web YouTube. Oh man. He's, oh my gosh. he's wild, but it's, it's entertaining. Cause he's like, Oh, Joe Rogan, you got to look into it. <laughs> Jeez. But anyways, going back to what he was saying, it's cool that you can see situations and you can, you physically can fix it. Yeah. Or change it. And I've done it yeah. to complete strangers at the mall. Yeah. I remember a dude was just, he had his girl, girl grabbed her by the underarm and he was like, yeah, getting in her face and he was cussing at her. And I could tell he's been drinking. And I first walked by and I was like, I don't think it is what I think it is. And sure enough, then he grabbed, took the other hand and put a grabbed her by the back of her neck and was like walking her out. And I went right behind him and manhandled like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did, man. It was awesome. You're just like, okay, come here. I said, my kids were me. I said, you ever touch a woman like that ever again? And he was like, Yo, I'll take you to an inch of your life. And I said, you should be. You. And she had a kid with her. I think she was even holding a baby. What in the world? I don't remember. I think what she was holding a kid, people? man. I said, dude, and now she has a baby in her arms. What's wrong with you? You're lucky you're not going to jail right now. And he was, then he's all like, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I love you. And they probably got home. He beat her up. But he, at least he didn't do it right then. Yeah. That's, that's, but that's stuck there's so many women that are stuck in relationships like that, you know? Because, I mean, it's a scary. scary. A couple men, scary. too. Yeah. Well, Oh, I'm sure. There I've gotten were... hit by some girls about knocked me out once. <laughs> She's a big girl. She was a full ride scholarship into Toledo basketball or maybe what Owens. Day? It was at one of those parties I went to. And she right hooked me twice. I almost knocked me out. Um, I have gotten real quick the most real beat quick. up by my wife. To be fair, I mean, I guess oh. right hook twice. <laughs> well, she did it once, and, and I don't hit almost. women. I don't I, hit women. I don't it knocked blame. me down. And I said, "You touch me again, I swear!" Boom! She hit me again before I could even get my. To get my, I was like, you, you, I told her, I said, this is your warning. You touch me again. She was huge. just like three, four inches <laughs> taller than me. And I, I didn't think she was going to actually hit me again. And there was a lot of witnesses, people, a lot of people from Stryker were at that party. And my wife was there. And uh, 
I said, you touch me again. I says, you're warning. And I was looking down, so she ripped my necklace, and boom, she smoked me in the side of the face and almost knocked me out. Oh, man. I got up like this, and I was already cocked. I was going to get her, and then three guys tackled me. And then they took her, and like a bunch of girls, like five of them, had to tackle Shrek and take her away. <laughs> It would be Fiona. Dude, Fiona. Yeah, she was, dude, she was Fiona. She was more Shrek, though. Like, dude, I couldn't imagine being married to that. She was, she'd own, she owned her you boyfriend. You would not get lippy with her. Mm. She's, dude, she, it was, I've gotten hit by, she hit me harder than some dudes. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What's the one? There was a comedian that once did a bit about how Bill Barr, Bill Burr. Yeah, where it was like there's there's crazy He's, ex-girlfriends. The uh, guys all have crazy ex-girlfriends. I mean, I don't know who it was. But like, oh, I don't know. There's always a crazy ex-girlfriend story. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, that one girl, she was crazy. Yeah, there's she no like, crazy ex-boyfriend story because they're all dead. <laughs> all, all the girls are dead from the crazy ex-boyfriend. Right? I've heard yep. weird stories. Like, I never personally had it, but I've heard, like, you know, the key in the cars. or Yeah. I've heard guys say that girls are breaking into their apartments or sabotage their Facebooks or. You know, bad stuff, you know? Yeah. When I took driver's Don't ed. Don't make girls hangry. When yeah. I took It'll dri- psychologically yeah. break you down. Yeah. Well, no, I took driver's ed. This was kind of like upsetting um, that the girl was okay with it. The girl was, uh, we were just chit-chatting between like coursework or whatever. And um, she was like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have a phone right now. My boyfriend got mad at me and threw it in the garbage. And I'm just like, you would let, like they're in high school, you know, like you would let him, like, what gives him the right to do that? And she's like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah. dump him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But that's the sad thing. Like, there's people that are just like. They think know. that's all they can get. Yeah. yeah. When when you break someone down. they're scared to leave. Yeah. You know, if someone, if you got a guy or a girl who's bigger than you and literally beats you up every evening or whatever, yeah. you know, you don't, you think you're going to literally be killed. Or if you have a kid in a situation like that, you're, you're trying to do kids, it for your kid. Kids are, you know? yeah, protect them. Very, very, uh manipulative yeah they can be used for great manipulation dude i've seen some really nasty stuff when i was a cop and going to some homes oh my goodness i can parents are both alcoholics and drug addicts and there's two little kids in there yeah i've had to call in child services many times and it's sad because you know food in the house kids not yeah filthy they really should call child services on a couple i'm a plumber on a couple (laughs) things on a couple houses i've been in where there are children but you know those those kids are going to a lot of them, you know, they grow up in a house like that. It's all they know. And then they end up yeah. on the streets and be the next generation of criminals. They can come out of it for sure. But there's... Way to generalize, Sam. Gee whiz. I mean, there's a good possibility. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just saying when you're in a situation like that, it is that much harder to get out of it. I'm yeah. not saying that you're guaranteed to be a criminal the rest of your life. It's just, you right. know, you're in that break situation. That cycle. Yeah. You hope they break that cycle for sure. Or they don't, you know, they, they actually survive that cycle. Yeah. Make it out of it. But So what else you guys got? Well, we didn't quite finish up. Well, no. After this, you we're going to arm about- wrestle him. <laughs> Both of us. Both of us. <laughs> we get to use all four of our arms all against one of, of his. Arms. So I guess we covered. Let's we, see. We got the MMA fighting. We got the law enforcement. Your life You're going to put a link on for my barbershop. So you don't need to really talk about that. Yeah. No. yeah. Testimony will be on there. Yeah. Talked a little bit about my youth and why I became a fighter just because I had to defend myself. God bless his heart, but my brother wasn't a fighter and had an older brother, you would think he would protect him, but he never did. He had his own problems. Yeah. He just wanted to fit in, you know, I didn't want to make no waves and he didn't know how to fight. So even when I got older, you know, skinnier and tall and he was strong as an ox in high school, he was a heavyweight wrestler and he was on the low side of the scale. So he could eat, we hated him because on the bus he's eating Big Macs and donuts and we're all like puking and we can't even eat. 
I'm like, Jerry, you're such a dick. <laughs> and he's back there going, hey, guys, as you see, eating a Big Mac, you know. <laughs> and like, mm, this but, food sure is delicious. When, when he got older, like in that age, he would, you know, if somebody would have messed with me, but I was already defending myself at the time. Yeah. And believe it or not, I actually defended him in Fort County. He was a senior and I was a junior, and this dude was just messing with him. I got three days out of school. I took a trade to his face. And then he was just picking on my brother. I wouldn't stop. And finally, somebody else had to tell me about him. I'm like, dude, your brother's got this guy just picking on him all the time. And I took two of them, Joe Kern and Reinhardt, my buddies, and we just wrecked him and this dude. <laughs> and uh, I said, I'll, I'll take three days for that. And uh, I'll take three days. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, I did. But like I said, my brother, was he never really defended me, you know, because he didn't know how to fight. And once we got older, he was an awesome wrestler, and he was super strong. I think he benched 300 pounds in high school. Oh, my gosh. So he was like an ox. So if I knew I stayed out of his grip where he couldn't squeeze me until I crapped myself, <laughs> but we'd fight and stuff in the farm, and I'd just piece him up. I'd just start punching him in the face, and then he'd try to take me down. I'd get behind him and try choking him out. He literally gave me this scar on my head, split my whole head open. My dad would let us like fight till we're bloody, and then he'd say, all right, it's enough. And if we don't listen to him on command, he, the belt comes off. You know, Not like these kids today, these buttercups that get babied. And my dad, I mean, he was he was a he was a manly man, you know. He didn't mess around. Like we'd listen to him. Like he just had that dad voice, and we just yeah. I respect him, you know. There was somebody Silas was telling us about how he has his children so well trained that he just does this and they gather. Oh no way! Yeah, uh, they, he just, just like not me, and they, man. You know, all the kids go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, my older boys, they I mean they they listen to an extent, but they just they're all doing their own thing and. <laughs> Three teen- no, you know, know, they're, Dad, they're, they're teenagers, you know. God, I'm, uh, and my daughter, she owns me, so I, I might as well do her chores. <laughs> I for see her. your pictures on Facebook, and I go, "Yep, Daddy's wrapped around her finger." <laughs> oh, I am. I love it because I've had all these boys for all these years, and now I got a girl. I can buy pink stuff, and I wear yeah. pink shirts with her, and Aww. so I'm allowed to wear pink now. I mean, You're, I did anyway. Who's gonna? I mean, he's make fun of me. <laughs> but, who's gonna make fun of? Kenny? I mean, do it, man. I don't even care anymore. You know, I got a daughter. I'm allowed to. Oh my goodness. No. So what are what are three things as a dad you should do and you should do and then what are three things as a dad you wish you would have known? Um, younger, well, tell your tell younger Kenny to put God first in the life and then you know I want my kids to see Him through me, not what I say. You know my actions and you know if I get in a, you know verbal argument with my wife, I make sure I apologize to her in front of the kids where they seen the fight, and then tell them you know this is what I did wrong and, this, and you know. It's a reason is of, you know, if I get in trouble or, you know, just I try, try to always tell them, you know, be careful who your surroundings and stuff. and But just loving on the kids more, you know, and more time face-to-face time than just watching a movie or TV. Yeah. I try to get them out and go golfing or get off get off your Xboxes, guys. Let's go golf. You know, let's go up town and play basketball. Hence, broken ankle. <laughs> uh, but my wife and I, we try to get them outside and do more things, more interactions with them, you know. So not just, we're not trying to buy their love or Here, here's a new Xbox or here's a new game. Just, just get out of my way. Spend more time with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys don't have kids yet, do you? No, we don't have no kids. No kids. Jeez, dude. My oldest will be 18 next year. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I've been married three years. He's been married a year and a half. Yep. Nice. What would, what, would you tell, what, do you, what would you tell us about marriage? It's a give and take. You're going to do stuff that you don't really like, but you're going to have to do it, you know. And then if you have a good wife that's submissive, like it says in the Bible, you know, she's going to do stuff that she ain't going to like to do, but... It's a, it's a it's a partnership, you know. You're not you're not. No one's more important than the other person. And uh, you guys already know. You guys are great guys. You know, put God first in your marriage and yep. love your wife as you love your church. And if you remember that and you respect each other, it's amazing. My marriage is my, Haley and I. It's like I don't even like being away from her right now. It's how much we're in love right now. It's a crazy just sobriety and where I have God in my life. I was up up where He's supposed to be. 
and it's just an amazing thing. Pastor Brian Hill in um, Pioneer Port Clinton, he's one of the guys that helped us when we were trying to when I was trying to get sober. I went up there and met with him a couple of times, and that would, um, Truth Ministries in Port Clinton. He showed me a graph, a chart. It was a pyramid. I had Haley over here and me over here and God in the top. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get together. And eventually that pyramid's going to be so tight, we're all going to be right there. you know. And, and it's so true. I love it. Yeah, and that is that is the only way a marriage will work. Um, from- I mean, they, it works without God because obviously there's a lot of people that aren't Christians and they make it work. But it just you don't know what they're going through and it's just like that. And it's just so awesome when you have something, you give it to God. It's just, oh, my gosh, it's like dumping it, getting it off. I, that's what I love about it. And like I said, I've, I've been to the point where I've had to repent daily. You know, man, God, I'm sorry for my my tongue slipping earlier. I'm sorry for losing my temper. And, you know, there's times that God lost his temper, you know, in the temple. And he wrecked the temple and they're doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. But Old Testament is something. That's crazy. That's a, <laughs> Old Testament it's That's nuts. God going, hey, so I'm black and white. Uh, if you don't follow me. Uh, yeah. New Testament, <laughs> that's what I, I, I more like to teach my kids. Because in the Old Testament, there I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, what? The guy had six wives? What? What do you... What? Why we were allowed what? to have it's slaves. A lot to ex- he slept with his slave. He slept. Why has everybody got a slave? Why has everybody got? You need like why a, is his a daughter degree to be him. able to explain yeah. the, the Old Testament? But yeah, it's a can of worms. It that's really what is. I always, that's yeah. what I always say because you know oh, it really is, man. People make like a one line argument out of it and be like, oh, well, why is this? And it's it's all connected and interwoven. Well, and the Bible, everybody that doesn't know God, they think Adam and Eve only had two children, but they had like sixteen kids. You know, if you read the Old Testament, they had tons of children after Cain and Abel. Obviously, Cain killed Abel, so Cain was still alive. But after that, once they got, you know, forbid, forbidden, they had like 12, 13 kids or something like that. Yeah. And everybody lived to like 400 years old for some reason. <laughs> I don't even want to live that old. You imagine like, oh, that body part just fell off. <laughs> and then and then God, well, what you, like 300, you're like in your 20s. Yeah, but Abraham was still having kids until he was 88, when you think, when he had... Yeah. So, so Methuselah, what was it like nine hundred and fifty? Well, supposedly, like Adam lived to be a hundred or nine hundred. He was he was old, but he wasn't as old as Methuselah. Yeah. According according to like what that like the timeline, and uh, that would just be miserable because I feel like you wouldn't have you just be like. Well, they said age wasn't <laughs> like it. Is. Yes. They said age wasn't like it is now. Well, think about it. God made two perfect people. Right. And we are thousands so, of years. It's. There wasn't, dis- there wasn't disease, there wasn't all that stuff. You know? Of breeding, and now we're here. Have you seen a, <laughs> have you seen a pug? <laughs> you take a wolf, you, and then you end up with a pug. So you what see- you're saying is we're the pugs of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pugs. I mean, it's true, though. Like, you know, people are so, we have, like, such a crisscross. We're not, we're much more intermingled than we were before. It's not like, you know, this colony of people. Again, and they're all right. perfect people. Right, right. And now, and now it's extremely just like, fallen world. <laughs> Now it's well, just the melting pot that you stir. Right. It's just kind of neat, this you know. This is America. <laughs> Everybody that, that thinks everything about Christianity, like it's we're all from Adam and Eve, but really we're all descendants of Abraham. And then yep. Abraham, obviously, his his descendants got taken on the Noah's Ark because he washed the world clean. So it's I think it's 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 pretty neat. I mean, I've watched the Bible series on Netflix with my children, and I try to we try to do that once or twice a year. We started it again. We're like on the fifth session, and I try to get all seven of my family like, hey guys, boom, we're doing the Bible tonight, and it's it's not. When I was a kid, my dad and mom would sit us down, we'd read the Bible, and we'd have prayer, and we'd all pray for each other. But this is something, we do the prayer, and I try to pray for my children and let them know I might have a lot of haircuts this week, and I might be working a lot at this, you know, steel workers, or, you know, I might have this going on, but I might be helping guys with God in my barbershop, or I have to leave and go help somebody. 
But I want you guys to know that you guys are the most important things in my life. There are people in this house, under this roof, you guys trump everything else. And I want you guys to know that. And if I start losing my direction and my focus of what I'm doing, I'm focusing more time on someone else and not my wife and putting the work into my family, call me out. And my wife has called me out yep, numerous times. She's like, to the point where she keeps it inside because she knows I'm doing good. I'm doing God's work. And you know, I've had to leave my house and run and pick someone up because he's not feeling well. He wants to hurt himself or he's drinking or get me out of the situation. I've had to run to Archibald and sit in a guy's house and pray with him because he wants to go out and do bad things. And she knows I'm doing good work. But and she so also it makes it hard for her to rebuke you. But then for she's real. like, "I am not feeling. I'm not getting my needs met here." Exactly, and mm-hmm. that's and she, she needs me. She wants me and God and her. Yeah, she's yeah. like, "We need our God time," and she's like, "Baby, I'm so proud of you. You know, from what you were three years ago into what you are now, it's just almost hard for me to even tell you that you know you're doing too much. But I need you. I need. We need to do our own Bible study. We need to do our own praise and worship at home. We yep. need to. Look, we watch YouTube videos, and we'll stand up in our bedroom with our door shut. And we, she's on one side of the bed. I'm on this side." We each pick a song. We do YouTube. We just praise God, you that's know. Awesome, man. And that's how we get centered. And like I said, I try to get my family down. You know, when the boys are with us, and we're all in the same house, and I don't even care if they have friends over. I'm like, hey, we're watching a Bible series tonight. Forty-five minutes. You that's guys, great. you guys do what you want after that. And then we're doing tacos or something. You know? <laughs> it's a good family night. It's a good. Because uh, I was, I've, uh, I was watching an interview, or I, it was a Kurt Cameron interview or something, and it was oh, talking great. Yeah, it was talking about. Um, I love to cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he does need a haircut. No kidding, man. <laughs> but he was talking about how he found a uh, a seductress that was better than all the other all all drugs, all alcohol, all fame. He said, doing the Lord, doing church work. Yeah. And he he obviously set it up better than that. But it was interesting how he went. He was like like same with a pastor is you have all these people's needs that need met. Like Susie, Dude, I Susie agree. broke her legs and needs help. This guy is dealing with a, a drug addiction, needs your help. Can you please pray for this person or go to their house? And and mm-hmm. you, it starts pulling apart your family and your fabric of, of yeah. that. And you, it actually starts pulling you away from God because right. you're doing God's work. Well, I agree. That's why the 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 concept of like church as a family is so crucial. Because if it all falls on the pastor, the the pastor is just one guy. Yeah. But if it's if it's a, a community of people who are interconnected and, and like are unified in that, in that love of God. And then it's like, Oh, you know, Susie fell and broke her leg or whatever. And you know, Jim's truck broke down, whatever. Um, generic. It seems like it gets generic almost. But like, but in that scenario, you know, you, maybe you couldn't make it, but then, you know, you can call somebody right. up, someone else in that, in that family, in that yeah. community. Hey, I can't do this, but can you go do this? And then everyone's, that's, it just works better when everyone is working together. Yeah. That's why I love my barbershop, man. I'm going to rebrand it and, uh, it's going to be big. I'm going to literally make business cards, maybe shirts or something. I don't know, but I'm going to rebrand it. I'm going to rebrand it. It's just going to, I've already got the logo and stuff. I've been working on for a while and, uh, we call Big Kenny's Barbershop Ministry. Cause now I'm in between my seventh and eighth guy of help lead to the Lord. And when I'm get to the right, when I know they're ready, I bring my dad in and I bring, Christians that I look up to. I mean, I brought mm-hmm. Pastor Chris in. Jack Oldman's been to my house. I mean, he was there helping me when I was going through my, you know, my stuff. And this is where, like I said, I, I, I'm still learning as I go too. When I feel like they're getting really close, I bring my dad's like one of the best Christians I know, and I bring him in, and he's he's gung ho, and he loves. He's just like sometimes like Dad, Dad, pump you, the brakes. <laughs> like Dad pushes it a little. You too bring much. him in for the kill, but dude, <laughs> maybe my barbershop, just the money I make in there, man. I you know I buy, I go to Amazon, I buy Bible cases and highlighters, and I still do the 
the you know, I send you know, Paul Font every Sunday still. He's been doing it for years. He sends me Bible verses and daily devotions. Yep. Sends it to me as well. And I forward it to every guy that I'm helping and going through there. And I usually get, oh, dude, thanks, brother. I needed that. That's what I needed today. And it's just neat because the same scriptures that's gonna that I'm feed that's feeding me, and I just boom, I forward it to my guys, and it does the same thing to them. And then God knows who they're tending it to because they could be working on some other people too. And it's just off because somebody's sitting in my barber chair, you know. And when I start feeling down and out, like I'm losing my drive, and I was like, oh man, I gotta find it again. I gotta get into the word myself, and that's yeah. why I know I'm getting too much into the ways of the world. And because like I tell my wife, you know, if I don't feel inspired, I can't inspire other people. And Pastor Mike Elkins said last Sunday, if you were there, it was amazing. You know, I'm pretty sure he was probably talking about me. But <laughs> that's he's, a good sermon when you think when it's about. Even you. my wife's like, he's talking about you. And I, I just <laughs> cut, I just cut his hair too, and he was talking. Were you at church last Sunday? I wasn't. I skipped it. Dude, it was awesome. He was like, he's like, well, I got a brother. You know, I really, he's kind of new to Christ in the last couple of years, but you know, this guy's found and he's finding other people. And you got to, it's a, just a great point. This, this you got, you got to be found to find people. If you don't feel found, you can't find other people. And that's how God, what's what God's doing. He's using me as his beacon. You know, all these people are like, man, I, you, I see him where you were in dark places and what he can do to you, I want that. And that's how everybody keeps coming to me. Like, dude, I've been cutting some of these guys' hair for 10, 15 years. And they're like, you know, everybody's gone. They slowly, I can see them still sitting there out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, I just hear an hour ago. What the heck is he still doing here? I'm like, okay, God, something's going to happen here. And I'm like, you know, I don't beat, beat anybody up about it, but you want to talk about God? You better pull up a chair. Because <laughs> you know he's done great things, and if I can, you know, you, I want people to feel what I feel, and just that Holy Spirit and that fire, man, it's just nothing like it. Sorry, James. And it's that's. I'm glad. I'm glad for you, man. And I love. I want to do it full time. I'm God's gonna open the door. I really feel. I don't even know why, but I think in like this next six months to a year, I'm gonna quit the steel mill and I'm gonna do God's work. It's not gonna be. I'm, I know I'm gonna lose a lot of money. But it's not about the money. I want. That's why I'm trying. I want to get. I want to get ahead on all my bills. Where even if I do feel like I, I'm not making enough to cover everything, God will provide. You know, because like I said, new, numerous people pay me way too much than the haircut. You're one of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. What are you talking about? I mean, a lot of. So I got some other guys too that say, "Dude, I love the work you're doing in here." And then that God that blesses us, and we, my wife and I, have never done. I mean, hand to God, I've never done anything stupid with it. Luckily, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we put it on our bills, and we're trying to get. So far ahead on our mortgage and get everything we own paid off so we can take this plunge. And I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. If I'm going to buy my own building. We want to get it. We want to move out in the country, either between here in Archibald or here in Bryan, something within five miles. Cause I got way too many clients to leave to go anywhere else. And I'm pretty center located right now. But I want to get in a big enough house for my family to grow. Like my kids are getting bigger. And then when they all have to get married and have kids and come home and I want to have enough, big enough property in the country where the dog can run. And I'm going to build like a, I'm going to build the most pimp barber shop you've ever seen. I'm talking like. <laughs> the, the little room you have it in now is pretty sick. It's, it's nice. So just I like it. Dude, I'm going to build 10. like my own building, climate control. I mean, I mean my own restroom, a cigar lounge in the corner where I can do Bible studies with my guys. And like, boom, Thursday nights, we're going to smoke cigars and talk about Jesus. And then I'm gonna, you know, this corner is gonna be a pool table and big screen, and then my barber shop's over here, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's gonna be awesome. It's been my dream for years, and I've been wanting to do that for, I've been wanting to do that even before I was a Christian. Not the cigar thing, I added that lately, but, but I, that's definitely gonna be on my, my, my list of my forever barber shop. And it's God's making it look like it's gonna happen, and I want to be able to do it where that's all I do for a living, you know. Do it, do what you want to dream. Dream what you want to do. That made no sense. Do your dream. Words, dreams. Words. <laughs> but I feel like God's going to open up a door and something, think, something's going to happen, yeah. you know? 
But like I said, I don't have a state license to cut hair, but like a lot of people, it's just like somebody like that does baking and works on your car, you know? And, and you, you are donations. Yeah, you're not, that's fine. My dad contacted Better Business Bureau and I said, all you got to do is have a free will donation. As long as I don't make more than $600 per client per year, I don't have to, I don't have to do taxes. And there's no way. I mean, even if I got a client, I do two times a month, I maybe get $20. I normally get $20 a haircut. That's $40 a month. So that's no way close to $600 a year. It's like 240 or something. Um, I don't even know. It's like under $300, even with tips. So like I said, I could keep doing this for a long time, you know. So. And it's it's been working out. And I hadn't had, apparently had never had, the first haircut I ever went to Kenny for, I forget who told me about him. I think it was Caleb. And uh, from Morning Eggnog. Uh, yeah. And. Plug, plug. <laughs> and I think it was him. It and was. The, and my previous haircut was from the, the army sergeant. I, uh, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I, I said, <clears throat> so my haircut was done by an army sergeant. He said, were you in a Humvee in Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, practically. <laughs> yeah, I just needed a haircut really bad. And it my, was not good. No, it was not. I don't know. I didn't care. The, the front looked good enough to fool me, so I didn't care. But uh, he about threw up. And <laughs> they said, no, all right, we're going to fix bad. you up here. Dude, I've you- actually seen worse. I've seen people come to me straight from, like, uh, first choice hair. And, like, dude, you got to fix this. One does he look like I got a penis on his head. <laughs> like, it was just poofy. And they just then around that. Like, I put a rubber band and cut around and took a rubber band off. <laughs> My- I'm like, this is re- there's no blend. I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to blend this because they went so short to so long. I'm like, this is going to be hard. But I did it. My my favorite haircut I ever got, we were going to a wedding. And I had to go to get a, I was, like, 10. And I had to get a Walmart haircut. Oof. And they cut my they cut my hair like a monk. <laughs> they just it, like, it, they, they call that the football helmet. They like <laughs> comb down comb down my bangs and then zip. They didn't go straight across. They went <laughs> Yeah. And it was nine year old me wasn't happy. I didn't <laughs> care about fashion whatsoever. Oh. I still didn't like it. Oh man. My first haircut with Kenny. Wonderful experience. His drinks there. You you really Not need to get your haircut. Yeah, root beer. He's yeah, yeah. Root no, beer no. And water. I always get the protein shakes. I got glass my bottle Coca Colas. I got squirts, root beers. It's funny holding this in my hand. I, in my mind, I'm thinking it's a beer. I drank so long. Yep. I used to do a not a trick. It was actually a feat of strength. I could bite the top of these beer cans off with my teeth, and I'd make money in bars. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> no, for real. That's what I used to do. Guys would do it. I'd get beer all night, man. God, yeah, I, was, I, was, I wasn't joking. I could literally do I could even do it with a full one, not even being open. Is he going to do this? We have. I'm really happy about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want no money. I just, <laughs> I'm just saying that's, I used to do that all the time. Cool. You I could take one? I could take beer bottle caps and just bend them with my fingertips. It was just feats of strength I could. I do. mean, my teeth hurt. I have horrible teeth. No, my gums just started bleeding a little bit. <laughs> no, that's no. awesome. But yeah, I used to be able to do it with a full beer without even spilling. If you it, have, drink it. If you have tricks, you, you can get lots of free beer. <laughs> yeah. If you like, what what I was watching something. This guy could do. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, we were watching Botched. Have you ever heard of Botched? Uh. Uh-uh. It's it's a really in, interesting show. And uh, since you had your nose surgery, you probably would find it interesting. It's people oh, who, have, yeah, people yeah, who yeah. have had plastic surgery. Surgery's gone bad or something. Going to better plastic surgeons. 
oh. and getting getting their their work reworked. Yeah. And so this guy had a party trick. He didn't like his nose when he was like 16, so he got it fixed. And then they when he got it fixed, basically they just took all the cartilage out of his nose. So he could push it all the way in. So it's just flappy skin. Yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a nose. Mm. And so he could just push it in. So he, that was his party trick. So he's just like a rubber like a rubber doll yeah. or like a that's face gotta, mask. That's got to be so that's got to be dynamite for the women. Oh, I'm sure, baby. Okay. Let me, let me, I, my nose I can, won't my nose won't get away when we kiss. That's what <laughs> Her nose goes into your uh-huh. nose. <laughs> I I'd, 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 I'd attach I, I would I would attach like a honker in there. <laughs> Yeah, get a dog squeaky toy, just yeah. kind of, you know, but fit it back in there. He got it, he got it fixed, and it looked oh wow, it looks good. He was like, "Look, I can't push it in." So they had, I mean, they took out bone structure. Yeah, they messed they messed got, them up. You got sinuses and all that stuff in there. Ooh. So, anyways, oof. So wow. I, I'm still coming down off of him just ripping that off. Anywho, thank you guys so much for joining us on uh, this podcast is lava. Thank you, Kenny, for coming. It's good problem. having you. Thanks for having me. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram for updates on what's going on with the podcast. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and now you can watch us on YouTube. Um, you can email us on at thispodcastislava at gmail.com or message us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you have any topics you want us to cover or if you have anybody that you want us to interview, uh, if you can get, we'll probably it, say no because it's in my house. Please get interviews <laughs> with like George Lucas. Uh, Reach out to people who... Martin Other Scorsese. I don't know who that is, but I know the name. See if Joe Rogan will be on our podcast. Can we get Joe Rogan on this podcast is Lava? Right? That'd be great. Let's make a petition. <laughs> yes. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, have a wonderful morning, noon, or night. Thank you.